I've been going through my life Being scared what I didn't know As the years come, they pass Still they open up my eyes See the rain fall on the city streets And it wash away my fears You make me feel things that I think That I haven't felt in years But will you catch me if Maybe I'm not that strong Maybe I can't hold on Maybe this is right Good morning, good morning, good morning That is the 80 Proof Band kicking things off for us on STI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you guys and gals for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies, so... Appreciate you dropping by. We've got a good one lined up for you today, and I'm going to tell you all about it momentarily. But first, I hope that you guys had a wonderful holiday season and were able to get into the great outdoors, spend some time with family and friends. That's what it's all about. We certainly did at the Smith House. And, you know, it's funny. You have all these traditions, these hunting traditions during the holiday season. And when you have kids, eh, things change a little bit. It's... uh. It's not just you uh, getting a uh, sideways glance from your wife about going hunting on Thanksgiving or Christmas morning. Now there's Santa Claus and presents, and and so traditions change, and you make new ones, and that's what we're kind of in the middle of at our house. I know many of you parents out there probably have experienced the same thing, but uh, making the new traditions is something that's refreshing and exciting in its own right. Um, anyway... What's in store for us today? Well, let me tell you. So pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pull yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos because off the top, we're going to head to the duck blind with our old pal, Jeff Berry of Kent Cartridge. We're going to talk bismuth, uh, what makes it a superior waterfowl load. Also, what about shot shell manufacturers? Are they experiencing the same type of shortage as ammunition manufacturers? And is that being reflected to the consumer? What about price increases? It's no secret that if it costs the manufacturer more to get the materials they need, well, ultimately, those hikes in price will be absorbed by you and I, the consumer. Uh, so is that, a, you know, is that what's going on with shot shells? I've heard a lot of people say that they can't find them. The ones that they want, anyway, or the ones that they're used to buying, whether that's Kent or another brand. Uh, so Jeff will uh, shed some light on that situation. And then what about as Biden prepares to take office, what does he think that will mean from a firearm and ammunition purchasing standpoint? Because that's also something that's important to look at. We've never seen Americans buying guns at the rate they are today. And with an incoming president and VP who've said what they've said when it comes to the Second Amendment and gun control, I certainly expect Americans to continue purchasing firearms at, at the rate they are. Uh, so interesting stuff there. Then one of the show's oldest friends and my hunting buddy and just all-around good guy, singer-songwriter extraordinaire, Zane Williams will be here in studio. And we'll talk a little bit about his new band, The Wilder Blue take a listen to some brand spanking new tunes as well 
And I imagine we'll relive some of our uh, fond memories that we've shared and camped together and, and also plan on making some new ones as 2020 has just been such a crazy year. I can't imagine starting a new band under these uh, circumstances. I'm sure Zane will have a lot to say on that front. Uh, but that's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Guarantee you that. Let's, uh, let's do a quick giveaway since Ken Cartridge is front and center on today's broadcast. How about a box of tungsten uh, waterfowl loads? Actually, you can take your pick if you want upland or uh, waterfowl. But we'll give you a, uh, a box of tungsten uh, shotgun shells. And all you have to do is just email the word about mallard, since I haven't seen a damn mallard all season, except for in my dreams. Uh, just email the word mallard to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And uh, I'll throw your hat in the ring. By the way, I, I try to answer as many of the submissions, uh, the emails that come in as possible. Some weeks there's just so many that I can't keep up with them, but I do see them and I number them one, two, however many there are. And then the uh, random computer generator picks the winner. So I do see them and I appreciate your participation. And uh, one of y'all is going to get a great box of shotgun shells this week. Let's take a quick break. Coming up next, Jeff Barry of Kent Cartridge makes his return on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Listen to the radio. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway, hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime. They're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832-466-9646. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hi, this is Chris Davis from the Baltimore Orioles. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Run the river, catch a small mail, shoot a mallard as he flies south. Run my dog till I get that trophy for Southern Southern Outdoors, one of my favorites from Matt Prater, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show, presented by Lone Star Beer. Cable Smith here with you, as always. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're about to get into a little waterfowl discussion. Uh, <laughs> All I can do is laugh about 
the season that's been for us Southern duck hunters so far, it's been it's been the worst one I've ever experienced as far as just no birds being in the North Texas area. I think a lot of them skipped through North Texas. I know the guys on the coast have had an okay season, but man, we just have not had the cold fronts. I've got buddies that have been going up to Kansas uh, just about every weekend and just getting into the mallards like crazy. I haven't seen a greenhead yet other than at the golf course. I uh, went and played with my dad and brothers this week and all I could, th- there was mallards, there was ringnecks, gadwalls. I was like, man, I'd settle for a limit of ringnecks at this point. I uh, can't even find those unless you're on the, on the golf course. <laughs> so it has been a wasteland, a barren waterfowl wasteland, but there's still a month of the season left to go. Things could get better if, uh, Old man winter will just bless us with a an Arctic blast. That'd be awesome. Uh, so we're going to visit with Jeff Berry of Kent Cartridge here momentarily. But before we do that, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by First Light and their new dirt bag duffel. Speaking of duck hunting, it is what I've been taking to the duck blind. You can throw it over your shoulder or wear it like a backpack. It is rugged. Uh, Kevin Harlander even said, uh, First Light's community manager said you could toss it out of a moving truck going 70 miles an hour and it wouldn't show anywhere and dare. Now, I don't know if that's true. Haven't tried it, but the thing is rugged as hell. I can tell you that. Uh, waterproof, great zipper construction. Check it out. It's great for travel. It's great for the duck blind. It's the dirt bag duffel lineup from First Light. First Light, go further, stay longer. And with that being said, Let's bring him on right now. Joining us from Kent Cartridge headquarters, it is my pleasure to welcome Jeff Barry back to the show. Absolutely, uh, Cable. Glad to be on. My pleasure. So how has your waterfowl season been so far? It's it's been a little spotty out here in in West Virginia, and I've had to learn how to hunt West Virginia uh, just because I haven't traveled a whole lot uh, with with some of the things going on uh, this year and and in my personal life with welcoming our first child. So I've been hunting locally. It's been a little tough, so uh, it's humbling in a a way. (laughs) Well, congratulations on the addition to the family. Um, Well, thank you, Cable. You've got exciting things to look forward to. I I have been taking my son. I've been dragging him into the duck blind since he was about four or five at his request. Um, my twin daughters are six, and they have been, Jeff, beating me up, beating me up for two years to take them duck hunting, saying, you always take Henry. Well, it's pretty <laughs> easy when your buddy invites you to say, oh, can I bring my son? You know, it's, it's a guy's trip. And they're like, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, when you say, can I bring my son and my twin daughters? I haven't even had the stomach to ask any of them. So uh, <laughs> I went out and got myself on a, uh, a little duck lease in Bonham this year. And it cost me $1,500. I think I told my wife it was about half that. Uh, <laughs> but I've been taking the kiddos and we had a great opening day. We shot uh, a buddy and I shot a two-man limit. And then, dude, our numbers, every hunt since then, it's been four, three, three, two, one. And there's been a couple goose eggs in there. So it's been, is the weather's been so warm here. Oh, I, I went out and scouted, um, for, we have, we had a five day split and it's the shortest split. The central flyway has ever had on record because our season started later than it ever has. 
Okay. So I went yep. out to a reservoir, Ray Roberts, that I have killed a buttload of ducks on over the years. And uh, scouted it. I saw six ducks in three hours of scouting the entire lake. And oh, that, was, yeah. that was after a break. And I'm like, this thing should have been loaded up. Just nothing, man. It's like. That's brutal. Yeah. So I don't know if you've had that, as if it's been that brutal in West Virginia, but that's what we've been facing here. And yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're still uh, trying to work local birds, which uh, <laughs> that, that uh, they don't get a lot of pressure here in our particular area, but, uh, but it still uh, makes it a little, little difficult. Mm, they get pretty wary after they've been shot at for a couple of weeks. So, Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, have you, you mentioned because of the current state of affairs that you haven't been able to do as much traveling. So, um, and, and also, like you said, um, first child. So yeah. you haven't been out of state at all then? I, I haven't this year at all. It's just I, I've been taking an abundance of caution, caution mm-hmm. approach and, and uh, especially with our little one and, and, uh, and, and staying pretty close to home, which uh, it, it's tough because, uh, because that's what we like to do in this industry and get out and, 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 and travel around. Uh, but it, it has opened up opportunities to hunt here closer to home and, and sometimes, uh, 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 sometimes you can have some great opportunities just right in front of your face that you just never uh, uh, never paid attention to before. Absolutely. And I'm sure your bride would be looking at you cross, cross-eyed if you said, Oh, by the way, I'm going out of town to, uh, <laughs> Arkansas for a week. So. Uh, exactly, exactly. Right. So that, uh, and, and as, as boring as it may sound, it's, it's still kind of fun to drive 15 minutes from home and, and, and throw out a, a dozen Bigfoots and, and, uh, and, and see what we can get with the local geese around here or, or, or jump a uh, jump a pond here uh close by as well i have certainly jumped quite a few ponds in my day i don't uh, turn my nose up at that in the least it can be a lot of fun absolutely what, one thing i wanted to ask you about i know you guys have been posting a lot about your bismuth load this year and i've i was just curious if you could educate our audience on i mean most people probably know bismuth is denser than steel shot but what makes it more deadly um and what goes into actually manufacturing that to make it such a premium uh waterfowl load and yeah, absolutely great i mean deadly <laughs> yes uh great great question cable so yeah absolutely it is more dense than steel uh it's about 24 percent uh greater density than steel so that that in itself uh gives it greater retained velocity and energy further further out so it's gonna it's gonna carry that velocity further than steel uh so i i I use the example uh you're you're throwing uh throwing a baseball versus a ping pong ball okay that baseball is going to keep going uh even though it leaves your arm at the same speed as the as the ping pong ball where where it'll only go uh, you know, a few, a few yards in front of you, that's kind of the steel, uh, versus, uh, a higher density type aspect. But then another part of it is it's as soft as lead. So, uh, relative softness, take, take a steel pellet, cut a shell open, take a steel pellet and try to squeeze it with a pair of needle nose pliers. That steel is not going to move at all. Uh Take some bismuth or some lead, you know, uh, uh, bismuth if you're obviously shooting non-toxic take some bismuth and squeeze it with the with the uh, needle nose pliers and you'll see it flatten out okay that's softness okay it 
number one, it'll help it uh, respond to choke. Okay, so you can change chokes and, and, and get a difference in your pattern. You can use really tight chokes if you need to, but it also is going to help you dump all that energy into the bird. Okay, so people who've used bismuth for the first time have told me that it hits like a freight train and, and that's that's that softness okay yes there there is that added density but when that mm -hmm. soft pellet hits that bird it's dumping all that energy think of a soft point bullet as opposed to say a uh, a full metal jacket bullet when it hits an animal you don't hunt with a full metal jacket bullet because it's, mm -hmm. it's going to zip right through there but a soft point bullet it's going to soften out mushroom and create a nice wound channel. Very similar uh, uh, situation with the pellets and bismuth. Uh, hmm. what, we, what we do differently uh, in terms of our production process, we add some tin to it and, and, uh, and then we've got a proprietary process to, to make it very uniform uh, to give us tremendous patterns. That tin adds some structural integrity so it doesn't break apart. Okay. And what is, uh, what is it available in? Is it, is it 12 and 20? 12, 20, uh, 16, and 28 gauge right now for, for oh, wow. us. Yep. Okay. Yeah, actually, I, I actually did shoot some of that bismuth on a, uh, on a South Texas teal hunt. I think it was last you, fall. You were and using 28 gauge, weren't you? Yes. Yes, I was using that. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was like, oh, wait a second. I know I shot that in a 28 gauge. And that stuff just, I mean, it mollywopped those teal. Uh, stood no chance. And that was the first time I'd ever even shot a 28 gauge. Um, so I was oh. like, ah, this isn't going to, this isn't as powerful as what I'm used to, uh, was used to shooting. But when you put that bismuth in there, uh, yeah. <laughs> it it's, a, a, it's an awfully effective load. Uh, it, it's, it's in our, I don't remember seeing line. any cripples. I'll put it that oh, way. Yeah, I, I bet not. I, I bet not with those small teal and doesn't take much of a much of your pattern to uh with bismuth to bring those teal down but we brand that line upland but the mm -hmm. nice thing about bismuth being non-toxic is it's it, you can use it for waterfowl and uh even though we brand it upland it's we, we say it's equally effective on waterfowl and and for your upland hunters you can if you if you're walking along you can you can jump your prairie potholes a little bit with that with that bismuth that's perfectly legal I don't have it in front of me, but I'm I'm remembering a pheasant on the box, possibly. That that's uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. What about this ammo shortage that we've seen, and it's certainly <laughs> prevalent with rifle and handgun ammunition. Um, has it affected the shot shell manufacturers in the same way? I mean, because like if you were to go to say like Hornady and try to order a thousand two two three rounds, it's like okay, see you in six months, you know. That, that's right. It, so I, I, using the uh, word shortage, it's really not a shortage because we're all making more than we ever have before. Okay. And, and that's, that, that's, the, that's the crux of it. But yes, it has, um, has affected shot shells. Uh, we, we're having our best year ever. And I, I think pretty much everyone who makes ammo would be, would be in that same boat uh, as well. We've also produced more than we ever have. Okay. And we're shipping more than we ever have. And we're still not servicing uh, and meeting the demand. And, and there's a number of factors involved, but uh, uh, certainly uh, maybe not to the extent of the, of the metallic ammunition or rimfire ammunition, but you are seeing uh, uh, perceived shortages in the marketplace in shot shells right now. And really that, that's, that's simply put that the guys who would normally buy two cases uh, for their year, they're, 
those people are buying tan or, or, or what have you, and they're consuming, they're using a lot more, or whether that's stockpiling, uh, we do know, uh, which is very uh, encouraging, is a number of new firearm owners. Uh, mm-hmm. We're seeing increased participation through hunting licenses. All that's good for us. There are more people hunting this year than at any time in recent history, certainly since I've been doing this for a living, um, which uh, 12 years now. So definitely more people, I think, out there using the ammunition if they can, if they can get some ducks, right? <laughs> um, that, that, that's right. But, but like you said, we've got the new, the new shotgunners, and then I, I think people probably are stockpiling ammunition out of fear, um, to be frank with you, if we're, if we're being honest. Yeah. So without a doubt they are. And, and then I, I think, uh, you know, buckshot is one of the, we, we don't produce any buckshot, uh, in our, in our current lineup, but buckshot's mm-hmm. one of the first, uh, 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 shot shells, uh, to really see, uh, to, to really fly off the shelves. So in the absence of buckshot, uh, we're probably selling some lead upland loads or some Turkey loads, uh, for folks looking for a, a viable home defense option. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes sense. I mean, um, our friend Linda Powell from Mossberg Firearms, um, she mentioned that they had done some research and folks were just going into gun stores and saying, what do you have in a 12 gauge? And whether it was a waterfowl shotgun, uh, a pistol grip, or, you know, a nice over under, they didn't care. They were going to buy the gun that they could get their hands on. And then the next question was, what ammunition do you have for it? And once again, yeah. same thing. They didn't care. They wanted a gun and they wanted ammo for it. Whatever the store had, that's what they were walking out of there with. Absolutely. And uh, we're hearing similar similar examples of that in the marketplace. And it's really tough to quantify how much, how much that is uh, mm-hmm. of what we're selling right now. Uh, we just know really since March uh, with, with the pandemic, there's been elevated demand. Uh, civil unrest has a uh, significant portion of it. And, and then the, the political situation for sure. Which is kind of weird because um, typically when Republicans are in the White House, we buy less ammo and buy less guns. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens when Biden takes over because I, uh, right now I don't see that trend reversing. I mean, I think, are we going to keep going even further into this <laughs> realm that we've never seen before of of, of uh firearm and, and ammunition stockpiling i don't know You're, i i have i have no clue myself i've been in this industry for a long time and and i do remember uh when when president obama was elected for the first time there was a spike but the real spike didn't occur until until inauguration day and you're right we haven't even reached inauguration day but the the variables of the pandemic and then uh you know what was driving a lot of demand earlier this year civil unrest certainly drove a lot but yeah it's not going to slow down anytime soon uh, mm-hmm. that that that's for certain so one question some people wanted me to ask you was are you guys able to still get the materials for manufacturing that you need um, at the same rate that you've always been able to, or does this rush on ammunition mean that it's been harder for you guys to get those things? It, it has been harder. Uh, pretty so much. The next all- question is, is, has there been a spike in cost on, on your end for, for 
those products or the people that, that provide the materials, those companies increasing their prices? Every, every cost factor in our business has seen an increase this year. Okay. And, and it always and, falls back on the consumer. And that's why I'm asking, you know, the the yeah. day, you guys have to do what, you, you know, you can't pay more. And then the consumer not at the end of the day, feel that reality. Right. And, and there's a difference between passing along uh, increases in cost. And we try, we try to mitigate that as much as we can to keep any, any type of increases uh, reasonable and then gouging. And, and what I can pretty much tell you for any, I think I can almost speak to every manufacturer in the industry. Manufacturers don't gouge. Uh, it's a pretty short-sighted uh, uh, strategy. Uh, usually that's through some of the instances there is through secondary resellers or, or what have you. All, all of us in the industry try our, our, as, as, as much as we can uh, to, to minimize any type of cost increase in the market. Uh, that, that's for certain. There's, is there anything specific you wanted to mention besides what we've kind of gone over here today? Obviously, the uh, Bastille 2.0 is flying off the shelves, and uh, that's just been a huge home run for you guys, which I think it was last year that that was introduced. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly doing well. Just really want to tell your listeners that we're loading more than we ever have, shipping more than we ever have, working as hard as we can to service this demand and, and, and meet the needs uh, of, of hunters and shooters out there. We know it's not enough. Uh, we know folks who are going on hunting trips or are going to their retailers and not finding the ammo that they want. Uh, we are working as hard as we can to get caught up. It is going to take a while. Uh, even for a shot shell manufacturer uh, who's not involved in producing metallic ammunition. Uh, we've got a lot of new stuff in, in, the, in the pipeline that we'll probably introduce in 2022. Uh, for 2021, we're just going to focus on getting caught up so uh, we can fill those shelves back up and, and people can uh, uh, get the ammo they're used to getting from us. Well, you know, in Texas alone, we kill 20-some-odd million dove. And studies say that it takes the average hunter seven shots to kill a dove. So it's a wonder that there's ever been any uh, any lead shot available at all. <laughs> oh, that's that's an awful lot of ammo shot at doves. Yeah. That, yeah, seven as yeah, that's that's amazing. So I'm out there uh, doing my part. Uh, I think my <laughs> my best hunt this year, I shot a limit in thirty eight shots. So. Well under the average, but still nothing to say, hey, look at how good I am because uh, I'm far from that. So um, I was proud of that, though, for me. Hey, uh, I would be, too. You know, the, the one thing that the, the people usually don't factor in is is it's it's people are getting tuned up. They haven't shot a shotgun in a while. And, and then talk about shooting uh, uh, fast, uh, fast doves. Uh, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do uh, on September 1st. Well, damn, my kids sure look at me like it should be because they're like, <laughs> how did you miss that one, Dad? I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Just why did I bring you? I'm so embarrassed. No. Um, they love it, though. That's their, they, that's, it's a family affair here in Texas. September 1st, every year, uh, I yank the kids out of school. My wife gives me this look, and she said, this is the last year. And I'm like, oh, I look at my son and just wink and said, yeah, she doesn't mean that. <laughs> that, that. That is one thing about your state cable that, that I absolutely enjoy going down for is, is, uh, is, is dove season and, and uh, pretty special down there in Texas. 
absolutely. Well, hey, we'll have to we'll have to have you down here. Um, I know you've got you should be able to to get out of the house a little bit by next fall. Oh, e- e- easy, and we gotta get you out <laughs> e hunt too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, congrats on the little one, Jeff. Um, certainly appreciate the time, and uh, just huge fan of everything that that you guys put out, and we'll continue to the hammer on them when we can find them this season and certainly looking forward to uh turkey season this spring sounds great cable thanks for having me always great there's our old buddy jeff barry of kent cartridge always nice talking ducks and waterfowl loads with jeff uh that segment of the presentation brought to you by pulsar night vision and thermal imaging technology remember you'll get 20 percent off any pulsar monocular whether that's night vision or thermal when you use my promo code Lone Star underscore PL. Even the uh, Accolade thermal binoculars. We'll throw those into the mix as well. Uh, Helion, Axiom, you name it. 20% off. Use that promo code Lone Star underscore PL when you check out at PulsarNV.com. Coming up next, one of my oldest buddies. When it comes to this show, I think he was the first musician, in-studio musician we ever had on the Lone Star Outdoors show. Uh, we've shared quite a few moments in various hunting camps over the years. The great Zane Williams joins us after Down the break. The end of a rainbow, my pretty little pot of gold. Are there violins playing or is it just me? This is better than I've been Guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up, rob you blind, well, you just attach the Coon Stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the Coon Stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at 3curl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Little Hayes Carl bringing us back hard out here, the name of that one. Thank you guys and gals for tuning in to SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Lone Star Beer. I'm Cable Smith. It's great to be here talking outdoors with you this week. As we sometimes do, we're going to mix in a little country music discussion, and we'll do so with our good friend Zane Williams, who is here in studio today. But before we get into that conversation with uh, one of my favorite people, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by SCI, the world leader in big game conservation. 
Not only that, but they also focus on education and protecting your rights as hunters. That's their mission, and they do it well, continually putting their money where their mouth is, both internationally and domestically. It's not just some good old boy fraternity of uh, safari hunters. I guarantee you that. They're doing amazing things conservation-wise right here in our own backyard. For more info, check them out at safariclub.org. And with that being said, let's bring him on right now. He's here in studio. He's got his guitar. Imagine he'll do a little picking, maybe sing some new tunes. It's my pleasure to welcome Zane Williams back to the studio. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. It is a pleasure. What uh, what a year 2020 has been, brother. What a year. How is the family? I had family? such high hopes. You oh, know? I had such a catchy name, <laughs> 2020. Yeah. I, was, I was excited for 2020, you know, launching the band and... And everything, but my, the family's good. We're we're making it. We're everybody's happy and healthy. Knock on wood, you know. Mm-hmm. We're um, we've been we've been good. High hopes. High uh, hopes. That's like I know a guy that wrote a song about that. Yeah, yeah. high hopes and low expectations. <laughs> it's kind of like every duck hunt we've ever been on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so family's good. COVID. Didn't run through your your house yet. What Not about, yet. No. What about the band? I don't know how we've uh, we've avoided it so far. Uh, you know we're we're trying. Mm-hmm. Um, the band, our drummer Lyndon, picked it up somewhere, um, and uh, he had sort of a mild experience with it. Lost sense of taste and smell, but other than that, wasn't too bad on him, and he's back to normal now. And uh, I don't know how, but none of the rest of us have gotten it yet. So. Mm. So, you know, maybe we'll make it all the way. I don't know. I've just been kind of for the about ever since we had to go back to work because you got to make a living. Right. I've kind of made peace with the fact that, yeah, it's probably coming at some <laughs> point. I mean, same way, obviously, with all the various illnesses that we pick up on the road. It's kind of part of traveling. Uh, but, uh, you know, now with the vaccine sort of on the horizon rolling out, I'm thinking, well, maybe I can make it a few more months. Maybe I might make it all the way. I don't know. So what are your thoughts on the vaccine? Um, well, you know, it's, I think it's uh, one of those things that we're all dealing with in this information age, which is turning into a disinformation age. It's hard to know what to think. You basically, what you think is based on what you've heard, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, a, right. I'm not a, a medical doctor and I don't know anything about pathology or stuff but the stuff i've been listening to about the vaccine basically says that you know it's a new technology and uh, it should work fine uh and you know uh i don't i think in general i'm down to take it and to try it but i wouldn't mind a whole bunch of other people taking it first. <laughs> you don't want to be the guinea pig right <laughs> yeah, yeah i've more- heard i've heard that uh, from a buddy who's in pharmaceuticals that like the main issue that they might see is it. So you have to get two shots. You have to mm-hmm. get the, the shot and then you have to get the second booster. Right. The thing is that that first one might people f- might make people feel so crappy that they won't, won't go get the second one. And then mm-hmm. it's like pointless to, you know, so mm-hmm. they're, they're teaching, they're having classes on how to train medical professionals to say, look, this is going to make you ill, but you got to come back and do it again. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Luckily I've already had it. And then, I'm looking forward to finding out how long those antibodies yeah. last. Yeah. But also, like, if they tell me that I can't go to Africa without getting the vaccine, 
then might as well, you know, got to go back to work. Right. So yeah. yeah, it's rough going hunting in Africa and calling that work, but yeah, somebody has to do it. Poor, poor fella. Yeah. Just like writing and singing good music. Um, so I had five or six big trips get canceled this year. You're trying to start it. You were trying to start a new band in, in 2020. Yeah. I imagine that, that affected you. I mean, wouldn't, it wasn't the best timing in the universe right? to do that. But, um, Hey, at least I at least I know for sure it was the right band. Uh-huh. You know, it might have been the wrong year to launch a band, but it was the right band. Yeah, uh, the band is going great. We uh, we get along great, and we uh, we finally have done enough shows cumulatively to where you know we're starting to get tight. So uh, we did a show uh, a couple of days ago at Dosi Do down in the Woodlands, and I'd say that's the best show. That was our last show of the year, and it's the best show we've done so far. Uh, musically speaking, and the crowd was into it, and so I definitely think you know our best is yet still ahead. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a bummer because we, you know, it's basically like we're just taking a mulligan on this year, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what everybody's doing? And oh, the fact, yeah. the problem is, is that everything that was canceled in 2020 got rescheduled for 2021. So we were planning on 2020 being our building year, and then really starting to do some of the gigs that we want to do 2021. But now that 2020 is like <laughs> blah blah, and then 2021 <laughs> is now going to be our building year, and so we're you know 2020 2022 is going to be our year, buddy. We're going to be huge. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, but uh, we did have about half of our gigs get canceled. I mean, all of them right in the in the spring uh-huh. from March to April or May, and then a lot of the big ones in the summer got canceled, and then. But we had some fun ones too, man, and definitely some that I'll remember. You know, uh, we we had one gig that was supposed to be here in the McKinney Performing Arts uh, Center, uh, basically a theater, but instead they rescheduled it to an outdoor field, and everybody drove in and parked their cars and tailgated and put blankets out on the ground, and yeah, uh, that was actually really cool. Yeah, uh, it makes me want to do that again sometime. You know, because. Um, it was just neat to see couples sitting on blankets, you know, you could bring your own, basically bring your own food and alcohol or whatever. And, and everybody was just kind of sitting out outside. And that makes me wonder, like, nice. what if drive-in movies are to come back? Right. right. You know? Yeah. Well, they've been, I think they've been experiencing a, a resurgence this year. And then, you know, we're not the only ones that have been doing these drive-in type concerts. And yeah. it's fun. It's, it's, um, it, it was a, it was a unique dynamic that I, I definitely will remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been, it's been interesting. I have not been to a live show. I took Aaron to see, um, Flatland Calvary and William Clark green in New York city for Valentine's day in 2019. Yeah. No, 2020, 2020 beginning of 2020. It was before COVID. That was before COVID. the world lost yeah. its mind. Right. And then we haven't been to a live show since now that we've had COVID. I'm like, Let's go. Why is it? I was yeah. like, I hope Zane's playing at Hanks, but Hanks is shut down for New Year's because that yeah. was that was a tradition up until last year. We should do a, a show for only people who have had COVID. <laughs> like you have to prove that you've had COVID to get in the door, and then just no masks and just partying it up. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's see. You and I have a a long history, Zane. I think we've been friends for. 11 12 years now mm-hmm. we've done a lot of hunting together over the years uh the last time 
unfortunately, I feel like a jerk saying this because I think this is the first year that we haven't gone hunting uh, 2020 in ever since we've been friends. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, there it is. Um, but the last time we, we hunted together was spring 2019. Mm. We were in turkey camp, and you played some new songs from this, you know, at this point in time, I think you had approached Paul, um, but that's about as far as it had gone. And you had a handful of songs that you were like, I'm putting together a, like a super group, you yeah. know? And the name of the band was Hill Country. Right. What happened there? I know we changed. You even mentioned Wilder Blue to me on that trip. And I was like, I think I like that one better. Yeah. The Wilder Blue was always in our top five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it comes from a line uh, in my song, Dixie Darling. Um, we we were we thought we picked Hill Country. Um, we were kind of going for the simple, iconic, you know, Eagles, Alabama, Hill Country, you know, uh-huh. something re- recognizable. Um, uh, we basically discovered that somebody else had the trademark for that phrase, and the reason I had missed it is because it's not a band. So when I checked the trademark database, I was just looking for other bands. Mm-hmm. And this is this business is not a band, but they have the trademark for the phrase Hill Country, not only in their area of business, but also in music, which is what we need. Huh. Uh, and I didn't notice that. Uh, I just noticed that they were not a band, and I so I didn't worry about it. But then later, when we were, uh, we just happened to stumble across and realize that uh, that they had it also in the category of recorded music and live performance, which are the categories that we needed it in. And once I realized that, that's a tri- that's a problem because obviously the whole point of a trademark thing is if you're going to build a business, you you know you want rights to that name and you don't want somebody else to be able to sue you later or take it away from you or whatever. And they went through the process of getting a trademark for that name. You know, they had mm-hmm. it. They own it. So basically... We uh, we contacted them about maybe working something out, and they they you know they weren't wanting to do that, and that's fine. I mean, I'm they own it, and they 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 paid for it, and it's theirs, and so that that left us uh, having to pick a different name, and better now than later, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we had really at the time that I discovered that that was the case, and that we were gonna have to change our name. Our album had only been out for a few months and stuff, so it's it's really not the biggest thing in the world. It's been a little bit of a okay. Hey, everybody, Zane Williams is not Zane Williams anymore. Now he's got a band, and it's Hill Country. Hey, everybody, uh, forget the forget Hill Country. Now it's called the Wilder. It's I I admit I've confused people a little bit, but the dust will eventually clear, and people will understand. And I like you. I like the name Wilder Blue. Fine too. I think it's great. Oh, I agree. I like it better than Hill Country, to be frank. Um, so that's what you've been up to uh, here in 2020 is getting this thing off the ground. I want to find out who's in the band and hear some tunes after the break. We'll do that next. Uh, that segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Check out the 600 pound stand and fill. No more backing your truck up to the feeder. No more having to carry a ladder around. Just stand there. And fill up the feeder. It's that easy. It's the 600-pound stand and fill, also available in a 300-pound model. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back with more from Zane Williams on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. On a good day, the snow on the pines could be diamonds the way it glitters and shines. And on a good day, 
from my cup Rises in a ribbon like a prayer going up I can close my eyes and not see your smile And I feel like myself again for a little while And the mountains breathe just like they did on a good day, I don't miss you anymore Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road, and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer least or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give them a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. Far across the deep blue water lives an old German's daughter on the banks of the old river Rhine. There I loved her and left her. Now I can't forget her. She was my pretty Fraulein. One of my favorites there from Coulter Wall. Getting a little help from Tyler Childers on their version of Fraulein, a 1957 tune, I believe written by Lawton Williams and sung by Bobby Helms. That one goes back a long time, but that's my favorite version. Uh, Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. We are still visiting with singer-songwriter and my good hunting buddy Zane Williams here today as he is in studio, but before we jump back into that conversation, this segment proudly brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Fury HD range-finding binocular. It's an absolutely essential piece of my gear. Why? Because you all know I'm kind of a minimalist. I want to take the least amount of gear into the field as possible. So when you combine a high-end optic with an amazing rangefinder, laser rangefinder, we got the best of both worlds. It's the Fury. You can find it at vortexoptics.com. Uh, Zane, appreciate you sticking around. Let's talk about your vision for Wilder Blue. We talked about the name change from Hill Country to Wilder Blue uh, and trying to get this thing off the ground in 2020. What a mess that was. But here we are today, 
2021 is here. Better things, hopefully, on the horizon. And I know you're very excited about the lineup you've put together. So talk a little bit about what y'all are doing, who's in the band. Uh, I know there's a lot of harmony, which I really enjoy. A lot of harmony. Uh, so that's that was really my vision. Basically, a few years ago, I was just asking myself, how could I make better music than I've ever made? And, um, you know, I just felt like having, uh, surrounding myself with harmonies would be a way to elevate the the quality of what I do, make it just all that more exciting and interesting. I've always loved harmonies. I grew up in the Church of Christ singing a cappella. My first musical gig, paying gig, was singing bass and beatboxing in an a cappella Christian group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thankful that YouTube did not exist at yeah. that time. <laughs> Or else we could we could be checking that out right now. But there's also some uh, like a Zane Williams record out there somewhere that's not really country at all, from what I've heard. Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, th- th- there's a, there's at least two or three of my first things that I made that are not publicly available or really available to anybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um. So anyway, I, I wanted a harmony-driven thing, and um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of felt like basically I'd gotten as good as I could get doing it all myself, right? Mm-hmm. So my my album in 2016, Bring Country Back, I wrote all the songs, I produced it. Uh, you know, I was kind of. It, it's a pretty fair representation of my musical taste basically of of doing it all my way but i thought you know a lot of the people that i respect the most um it wasn't just all them it was that you know they combined talents with other talented people so i kind of there was always a part of me that was like well i wish that i wish that i just met a bunch of other super talented people and we'd started a band back when we were all college roommates or something but that's not the way it worked out Mm -hmm. so then i guess finally one day i was just like well why don't you just quit wishing and just go make it happen. I mean, by that time, I had enough of a um, a reputation where I thought people would at least return my phone call, maybe. And and I I knew a bunch of people in this Texas music scene, so I went looking for people who could who were multi talented. So either they play multiple instruments, or they 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 write, or they could sing, or they could sing lead. And you know, so like if you think about the the Eagles, you know Don Henley one of the primary songwriters, singers, but he also plays drums. He plays lots of different instruments. It's really, really the more I started thinking about it, even like the Randy Rogers band, they have, you know, Johnny Chops, their bass player is a singer, songwriter. Uh, I think Jeff uh, writes songs. They're, they're all contributing in lots of different ways. Same with Turnpike Troubadours, uh, RC. Their bass player is <clears throat> one of the main songwriters, and you know I don't know how many people realize that about him, but anyway, it's it's a multi-talented group. Both of those are are more than just Randy and Evan. You know, mm-hmm. well, obviously Turnpike is on highest, but <clears throat> the what made those groups so awesome is the talents of of lots of different very talented people all coming together. So I went in search of that for myself and. Um, one of the first people I called up was uh, Paul Eason, uh, just because I always loved his song, Mountains of Nuevo León. They, they used to play that a lot on the range. Out in the mountains the of Nuevo León. Yeah. And I, I always it. thought that guy had a cool, I was just, that guy has a cool voice. That's all, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, who's that guy? 
Somebody told me it was Paul Eason, and then over the years, I found out that he uh, was Kevin Fowler's lead guitar player. And so I met him a couple times. I didn't know him real well, but uh, called him up just really on the whim of like, hey, man, I don't know you very well, but maybe we should start a band and take over the world, you know? <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, let's talk about it, you know? And then uh, uh, we got together and uh, tried to write a couple songs, and we wrote one called Adios that's, that's on our, our record. And, um, and then we, we, were, we went looking for somebody else who could be just a really stellar singer who also played something other than guitar, since both of us played guitar. Um, and we, th we, we saw a YouTube video of Lyndon Hughes uh, playing with Roger Crager and singing, singing his little Bo Heine off on, on some songs. Um, so we were like, dude, we got to try to get that guy. His, his Lyndon's the best singer in the group. I mean, he's, he's got a great, great vocal control and he's just a natural. So, um, we, he was working at a, um, studio down in Houston, producing and engineering and, and playing drums and singing on people's records. So he wasn't on the road with anybody. And I don't know, we just kind of contacted him and said, we're looking to do a harmony driven thing. And Lyndon's a harmony nut, so he was interested. And we, the next step, we uh, we found Andy Andy Rogers. He was playing bass with me, so I didn't really find him. I always sort of knew that I, I probably wanted him in the next group. Um, and uh, he, we went, got together, did some demos, and Andy played banjo and dobro on the demos as well as bass. And then we were like, well, gosh, that we loved the sound of his banjo and dobro, and we really hit it off as the four of us. And so then it just seemed like what we really needed was uh, it would be easier to find a bass player than it would be to find somebody else who could play banjo and dobro right. and everything as well mm -hmm. as Andy does. So then we went looking for a singing bass player, and um, that took us a while. We we tried out some different people and had some ups and downs in that whole process, and it got it wasn't easy. Uh, this whole this whole process that I'm describing took months, and there were you know. Uh, things that didn't go well during the whole process, but eventually, Sean Rodriguez is our bass player now, and he he had been playing with Bree Bagwell, and I saw on social media that he had quit her gig, and I was like, we need that guy because <laughs> I remembered seeing him sing high harmony above Bree, you know, so I knew he had a sky high voice, and we you know we um, we already had four singers in the band. But it would have been, you know, I knew it would be nice to have a, a somebody with a really high voice like that, and we needed a bass player, and uh, so anyway, we contacted him, and he got together with us and did some studio stuff to see if it see if it was a fit, and he joined the band, and we and then we all quit our other gigs and started in January of 2020 <laughs> to be our big year, yeah. and we had three exciting months, and then it all came to a halt all came to a crashing halt yeah i i remember coming back from we went to broken bow took our family and the neighbors we all rented a cabin up there took the kids fishing the little trout fishing up there and then that was spring break and then right. we came back and like the kids just never went back to school yeah <laughs> same thing with us. the spring yeah. break that never ended yeah. yeah that's funny we were in oklahoma too with with our neighbors uh -huh. and uh so we were just like, okay, well, we're quarantine buddies now. So then after that, you know, we just our we still went over to their house and our kid let our kids play with them. But other than that, we didn't go anywhere for 
two or three weeks or a month or however long it was right there at the beginning with the strict lockdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny to look back on that now, isn't it? Because it it's is. like there were like three people in Collin County that had it or something, and we all locked everything down. And we thought everyone I, was going to die. I'm not necessarily <clears throat> second-guessing that. Obviously, none of us knew what it was, and I don't think we knew how deadly it was or whatever. It's It's been a... This whole virus thing has been a complicated deal. It's so weird that it, it gives everybody different. Everybody has such crazy different experiences with it, from yeah. just completely asymptomatic to it kills you and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, and which, everything in between. Like my mom, we all got it. We did the Thanksgiving, but small it was small. It was just my siblings and my parents, and then my wife's um, sister, hmm. her kids, and her parents, and. uh my mom got it. We well, like half of us got it, hmm. uh, but she's the only one that wasn't over it in a few days and was in the hospital uh, three weeks. So yeah, you never know. And my yeah. dad is the one who has, uh, I what they say is the underlying health condition. He has diabetes, right? And he was just like me, a day and a half. He was like, oh, I'm better, right? You know. So like you said, you just never know, yeah, if you're one that's gonna be affected, right, significantly. Let's take a listen to the first radio single sure. from the Wilder Blue. I think it's called Dixie Darling. Yep. Dixie says that horses know her better than people do. I've known Dixie seven years and I'd have to say it's true. Once my sweetheart, now the sweetheart of the rodeo She heard the highway calling with the melting of the snow I tried Yes, I tried To change her mind Dixie, darling, did you find two raptors? A greener pasture Wilder blue. When I think about the things that really matter, always wish that I had mattered more to you. Dixie came to see me on the day her daddy died green eyes full of thunder and the tears she hadn't cried she asked if i would hold her and i held her all that week till she loaded up her saddle and she kissed me on the cheek and i tried yes i tried to change Dixie, darling, did you find what you wrapped in a greener pasture, wilder blue? When I think about the things that really matter, I always wish that I hadn't mattered more to you.
Pixie called me late one night on Colorado time Told me she was two weeks late and she knew it must be mine I wanted to raise a family right here in this little town But in the end she wasn't ready to have a kid and settle down And I tried Yes, I tried One of the first songs we ever worked on together as a group. Is that one of the most requested ones for you guys? Uh, yeah. Um, that's a fan favorite. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if we've done enough shows to know what's the most requested <laughs> one yet. Uh, we uh, we have a new one that you know where we all five start off singing a cappella and stuff, and that one's um, going over pretty good so Ooh. far. Is that one on YouTube? Uh, or social media? Can I folks have not put check it, it on YouTube yet. Um, we have posted a video of it on our Instagram and Facebook. I believe okay. it's called Wave Dancer. I'll have to check that one out. Um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, uh, talk a little hunting, and hear a couple more tunes. Sounds good. That segment brought to you by Big and J Attractants. Check out the To Die For. Literally, that's what my, uh, my 12-point I shot this year died from was uh having a nose for that attractant put it out when i got to the lease on friday hogs deer everything ate on it for a couple days and sure enough sunday morning it's misting raining a little bit it's cold he's hungry and he died for it <laughs> you can find it as well as big and jay's entire lineup of whitetail attractants at bigandj.com we'll be right back with more from zane williams right here on sci's lone star outdoor show here it's easy to forget where you're from Out in the mountains of Nuevo Leon Out in the mountains of Nuevo Leon Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call Chad at 830-776-3605. Frio River Blue, Palomino Gold, 
Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's the Wilder Blue Palomino Gold, one of my favorites from their debut record. We've still got Zane Williams, uh, frontman from the Wilder Blue, here in studio with us today. Uh, so we'll pick it back up with him momentarily. But before we talk about some of Zane and I's failed hunting trips, uh, this segment of the show. It's like Zane is bad luck almost. He'll even admit to that. Uh, high hopes, low expectations whenever he's around. Uh, this segment of the show, however, brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in San Antonio and Marion, Texas. Rustic Reminders has been taking care of all of my trophy mounts for a long, long time. Actually, Zane and I have had some success. He shot a nice Axis buck with me years ago, and Rustic Reminders mounted that sucker it now proudly adorns the wall of the hit shack where he writes all these awesome tunes uh, so anyway check it out rustic reminders taxidermy for your next trophy mount you can find them at gr the number eight mounts.com well zane uh thanks for sticking around brother certainly enjoying the conversation as always indeed so um henry shot his first doe over thanksgiving cool i know buck has been Given the opportunity to shoot his his grandpa's four ten recently, yeah, yeah, so that's that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. He's uh, bucks eleven, and and um, his his papa has a a four ten that he got when he was I think twelve. Um, How cool! Yeah, his, uh -huh. his his parents bought for him. So um, you know, I I had mentioned that you know I was thinking about. Letting letting Buck you know shoot one at some targets or something get a little practice in um, with the idea that he could go hunting eventually someday <clears throat> and uh, you know I've taken obviously taken Buck in the past and pretty much he just heck he's been on sit there a few dove hunts and I know he went on a duck hunt with us too one mm -hmm. time yeah yep. so he's he's been pretty patient he just kind of sits there and maybe. Sometimes I let him take a BB gun and shoot it, you know, a couple of whatever little targets or something. Uh -huh. um, but um, so yeah, we we took it out and um, I um, taught him, you know, the basics of gun safety and how to how to shoot and everything. He's always been a, a pretty responsible kid about stuff, and um, got <clears throat> he's very safety conscious. He's a Buck has always been that kid that if you tell him not to go into the street, he just doesn't go, like, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. We've never that really was had the to opposite. My parents would be like, <laughs> <laughs> right, don't, don't go on the street. I'm like, how fast can I get there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, we took him out, and it, you know, it it doesn't which have probably much. Why they never gave me a gun? <laughs> right. Well, my parents never gave me a gun or let me have a weapon of any kind. I think they let me have a. One of those wrist rocket slingshots when I was like a senior in high school. Or right. Something. I promptly went out and killed a squirrel with it, <laughs> and then felt really bad. Uh -huh. Yeah, I I did not eat that squirrel. Um, I have since then. I've killed a few squirrels, and I I always eat them. But my high school self just wanted to go shoot something. Yeah. <laughs> but I I took Buck out and um, let him let him do some shooting, and 
he, he handled it well, and um, I took him out once dove hunting, and he got a couple of shots off. But those things are hard to hit, man. Um, so he needs we need some more target practice. Henry's getting a four ten for Christmas. He doesn't know it, or he, he got one for Christmas. Um, Hopefully, he doesn't listen to his dad's show. No, he would never. <laughs> uh, does, how bad does that thing kick? I've never shot a four ten, um, yeah. so I don't even know. But obviously, four ten would be is the cal, you know, the shotgun right. uh, that you would introduce a youngster into wing shooting with. Yeah, did it? Did it kick very much for I'd him? Say hardly at all. Okay, no, not not really. It definitely, um, he didn't, he didn't complain about it at all. I asked him the next day if his shoulder hurt at all or anything like that. And he said, no. Mm. And I mean, I shot it a time or two, um, and you know, it didn't, didn't kick any really at all for yeah. me. But, um, main thing is that the shells are expensive. They're, they're like 50 cents a piece. Can we find them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, don't I mean, he's. I need to go get some shells. I just haven't yeah. even thought about that. We're yeah. in this ammo crisis, you know, yeah. like I've, the gun wasn't a problem to get, but shoot, can I even find ammunition to put into the Good dang question. Thing? I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to introduce him into the actual, I think I'm going to make him wait till dove season or we can shoot a few skeet or something before that, but that'll yeah. be the first time he actually gets to shoot it yeah. like Buck did at uh, something that's breathing. Yeah. So um, we'll have to get them together. And I know we're gonna shoot some ducks here, hopefully in January, if it ever gets cold enough to bring yeah. some down. It's been abysmal waterfowl season so far. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been a very warm winter so far. So when you took him out, um, did you guys did you shoot anything? I shot a couple of pigeons, oh. rock dove, uh-huh, as right. I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I shot. I shot a. You know, I'm not. I am not that great of a hunter. I'm, I'm a fan of it more. I'm, every time I go, I'm thankful that you know my family's uh, putting food on the table for my family. It doesn't depend on my hunting skills, right? right? Um, that we can just go to Whataburger afterwards or whatever. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I got a couple of uh, pigeons and and we we had them for breakfast the next morning. Squab uh, is the the British column. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they get a bad rap here. I don't know. I mean, people all over the world eat pigeon. And it's no big thing, right? And I shot a few this year and have done this in the past. Invite people over, feed them bacon-wrapped dove, right. and also pigeon, but they don't know it's pigeon. Right. No one's ever noticed the difference. No, it's, they, I only eat dove once or twice a year when I go dove hunting, mm-hmm. and, and but I couldn't really taste any difference. And, yeah. Um, I, I thought they it's tasted good. Stuff. good. And I mean, dude, when I... When I open them up, their their uh, crawls just full of corn. Man. Yeah. It, so it's there's three got, times the size of a dove. Yeah, I know. So it's like more meat. Right. You, know? you when you think of pigeons, you think of like nasty New York City pigeons, <laughs> like talking at you like this yeah. or something. <laughs> but but uh, you know, I think these pigeons that are out in the country, they're just they're they're actually. So I looked it up, and so they are, they are dove. They're, yeah. It's a species of dove. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, don't sell yourself short. I've been in the blind with you, and you knocked down a, a stud axis buck. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Still on the wall of the hit shack. Still on the wall. Still on the wall. Filled Order. up the freezer for, for a good six months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Buck still misses the uh, the sausage and the 
the uh, summer sausage, mm. I think, is what he misses the most. Well, we need to we need to rectify that situation. Uh, that was at the first Guns and Guitars ever, mm-hmm. which I that was what maybe 2011, 12, 2011, yeah. probably one of those. There's subsequently been four, I think five more, but that was the you, that was the first one and the only yeah. one that you played at. Um, but did you know Glenn sold the ranch? So there, that is a thing of the past that. now. Hmm. It was a good run. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, and we and I've asked you this question quite a few times over the years. And and like I told you off there, you were the first musical guest we ever had on the show, and that I was am. ten or eleven years. Eleven had to be eleven or twelve years ago. Um, and I've asked you what what's on your bucket list, and every time you say I'd like to get a bobcat, and I don't think you've gotten one yet. Nope. Um, I like just predator hunting in general, you know, a, a coyotes, fox, bobcat or something. I've got, I have a fox skin hanging up in my, uh, I call it, jokingly call it my hit shack, my, my little studio in my backyard. And, but I just picked up that fox skin at a, uh, at the, at a flea market, um, to hang on the wall. But so I'd like to get my own of that sometime or a bobcat. Um, Jody had a bobcat. Jody's parents had a bobcat rug, you know, when she was mm. little, and she's got fond memories of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, bucket list. I'd love to go to Alaska, man. Uh-huh. I, just, I'd love to just do anything in Alaska, like hunting, fishing, you know, just camping. Um, I'd love to go to Alaska. I've never been. I've been to forty. I guess I've been to all of the continental states except Vermont. Hmm. Um, I think that's, I think that's correct. So, but I've never been to Hawaii or Alaska. I'd, I'd, I'd like, like to go to Alaska sometime. Um, but man, mainly I just love being outdoors. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just so busy all the time. I always feel like I'm either on the road, which is fun. It doesn't really feel like work, but you know, or else when I'm home, I feel like I should be spending time with my family and and you know doing my household chores, mm-hmm. and making making my wife want me to keep coming home. You know? <laughs> right. um, and so <clears throat> I don't I don't uh, do a lot of traveling just for fun. It's mainly so if anybody else out there they need some good country music up there in Alaska, you know <laughs> if you're listening to this, just you know hit cable up for my info and get out your checkbook. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'll tag along too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, have you been playing a lot of private parties this year? Yeah. Been picking up uh, some of the slack, um, you know, from a lot of our full band stuff got canceled. Mm-hmm. A lot of festivals went down this year, you know. Um, those all, A lot of those bigger events got canceled. And so um, we're lucky, really, because, I mean, the, the, my friends who – you know, like Cody Jinks, Cody Johnson stuff, who are used to playing for thousands of people a night. I mean, they haven't hardly done any shows at all. Yeah. I mean, they a few, but not very many at all because those things have gotten canceled in a big way. We're, we're, we're sort of on a smaller level. So, you know, we can still play at a, a venue, even if it's only 75% capacity or whatever, we can kind of get by or 50% capacity or move it outdoors or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I've been doing, um, 
some some more more solo stuff than normal this year, and that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've played some some people's backyards and um, just some some smaller restaurants and venues that you know. That you know, my fortieth birthday's coming up in oh, August. Yes, mm. you played my thirtieth birthday party. Yeah, at my parents' house. The, yeah. August, uh, the swimming pool, and oh, we had a good time. Margarita machine. Margarita machine. Yeah. Yep. You're probably too expensive for me now. That's what you, that's what you (laughs) (laughs) say. That's what you call your brother, the margarita machine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, new stuff you're listening to. I always like to pick your brain on if you've, uh, found, come across anything. I've, I started listening to this one band that is not really what we would call Texas country or Mm. it's more Americana. It's a band called camp camp. Uh huh. And these two dudes met it like church camp in like junior high. Mm. And and uh, yeah, I'm digging their digging their music. Cool. Is it spelled C A M P or C A A M P? Two A's. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Check it out. I, I will check them out. <clears throat> I actually feel really good about the music scene. I used to complain a lot, but I we think, both do. Yeah. Or did. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's about gotten to the point where I I think my, the main my main source of complaint was radio. What radio chose to play or what radio pushed, but. These days, with streaming on your phone, you can list to whatever you want to mm-hmm. listen to, man. I, I, nobody's got a stranglehold on it anymore. So, really, I think it's been—I think it's been good for for certainly the diversity of music. And um, so, yeah, these days, man, I listen. Um, some of my favorite favorites of the new stuff would be like Tyler Childers, Coulter Wall. Mm-hmm. I think Casey Musgraves. Is that one amazing. that they do, um, Fraulein. They do it together. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's on Coulter Wall's record, and Tyler sings a couple of the verses. And it is an old, like World War II German song. Mm. I first heard two brothers singing it at a deer camp in West Texas, mm. um, just around the fire. Right. And then. I'll be damned if I didn't like listen to Coulter's record. I was like, "Oh, Fraulein. I was like, "I've I've heard this." Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it was it was so cool to hear them both together. Cool. Um, Is that on like Cowboy Songs and Waltzes or like Coulter's newest one? It's on that one or the one before. I'm not sure. But yeah, check that one out. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, yeah. So those are some of my favorites but i like uh like spotify has a playlist called the indigo playlist that's mm-hmm. kind of their alt country playlist and i've been listening to that a lot there's a lot of i mean when you listen to that it's just like dang i like a lot of this and a lot of these people i've never heard of cuz mm-hmm. you know maybe they don't live in texas or whatever and um <clears throat> i just hadn't crossed paths with them yet and it's really made me feel like that there is a resurgence of what I would consult, what I would consider music with depth, you know, and and kind of roots oriented music, rather than chew tobacco, chew tobacco spit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> shake it for the catfish <laughs> down in the creek. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I feel like um, there's almost too many to name as far as uh, good artists that I've been listening to, but I mean. Even with the the success of people like Cody Johnson and Cody Jinks, and you know, and then you got well, you Whiskey Myers Midland seems to have uh, really Whiskey Myers, yeah, with uh, being on Yellowstone. It. Yeah, you know, I was sitting at the airport in South Dakota uh, last week, and mm. 
sitting at the bar there waiting for my flight. And I hear these people talking about Whiskey Myers. And I'm like, I said, where are y'all from? And they said, South Carolina. And I was like, oh, just mm-hmm. expected them to say Texas, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. I, I think um, I feel good about the state of music right now. And you know what? Uh, the people that do the music I like may just, they may never be as famous as the, as the other type of folks, but that. It doesn't bother me, because uh, really, being famous in what it's about, it's it's about making great music, and I got plenty of that to listen to these days. We had uh, we got a Twitter shout out from Luke Combs, uh, and I had not listened to a ton of his music before that, and I went and checked him out, and I really liked Luke's stuff. Mm. I mean, he's really great, and he's he's one of the most popular out there right now. But yeah, I mean, he's he's got he's some a big great hunter songs. too. So. I can't say that I know a single one of his songs, but uh, I, I like his his mindset. Yeah, so. I mean he's definitely, and I like that he's supporting you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's supporting. He's turned so out. So maybe I'll a, check he, out Luke Combs. <laughs> yeah, he's good, man. He's he's definitely he at least from what I can tell, he he seems to be very genuine. Um, and his songs, mm-hmm. what he sings about in his songs is just who he is. And like I said, he's got some. He's got some good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, you've got some good stuff, some new stuff. Let's go ahead and take a listen to a, another tune. What do you want to do here? Uh, well, I could do, speaking of new stuff, um, i got one called Oki Soldier that's pretty new. Um, so I can do that one for you. Perfect. Ready? Well, I turned 21 with my hands around a gun. Stumbling through the burning fields of war Choking on the dust and sand Of a harsh and foreign land I lost sight of just who I was before Sent my love to the Red River Valley Sing a song from my Oklahoma home Tell the one who's waiting with the long braid in her hair When I come returning I'll be never more to roam Well I faced the enemy And he was just as brave as me Through the night we took the fight in turns When our mortar cut him down He lay groaning on the ground And we could not understand his dying Send my love to the Red River Valley Sing a song for my Oklahoma home Tell the one who's waiting there with the long braid in her hair When I come returning I'll be never more to roam They said, we're proud of you, son. You did what we brought you here to do. Will you fight with us again? And I thought of my good men, and I signed my name and swore to see it through. 
send my love to the Red River Valley Sing a song for my Oklahoma home Tell the one who's waiting there with the long braid in her hair When I come returning I'll be never more to roam like that one it's a great story there storytelling is what what we've always complained about bitched about as far as nashville is there's it's not it's not songwriting it's here's a catchy chorus and a few words a kindergartner could have scribbled down with a crayon and we're gonna throw it out there we're gonna put some bass in it (laughs) (laughs) it's even country i don't know yeah it's kind of jingly and just more about the beat and the Mm -hmm. dancing and stuff sure yeah Let's uh let's wrap it up here with a classic and one that going back to that first guns and guitars that was about the time Texas like that first came out and uh it's kind of been I think an anthem for you and yeah. certainly for Texans so let's uh let's do an oldie but a goodie Yeah man here's one for all y'all that are proud to be Texas like that Well he makes his own bullets And he makes his own luck He makes hard work look easy In a worn out old truck He's 88 and still working Till he breaks his back Can't tell him no different Cause he's Texas like that well, she's good with the horses And she's good with the kids But she'll fight just as hard as any man ever did And at the end of a waltz When you tip her back She's a beautiful sight Cause she's Texas like that It's a fire in your belly Says we're gonna make it It's a tattered old flag Says come and take it It's a long star shining Though the night may be Texas like that Well we're stubborn and proud We take care of our own We'd like to give every street dog we ever met a good home And when the bad times get worse you find the so bad when 
And you got friends like us Cause we're Texas like that Awesome, brother. Well, I think that is a, a great place to wrap this one up. Uh, Wilder Blue, folks can find you at wilderblue.com. The Wilder Blue. The Wilder Blue. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And big things coming up. Y'all are working on new mu- new music. You've got mm-hmm. one studio album already under your belt. One under our belt. It's called Hill Country, and hopefully many more to come. We've we uh, all of our new music is actually being uh, paid for by our fan patrons. Uh, you can sign up for that for $5 a month at uh, thewilderblue.com. And we call it The Hideout. And once you're a Hideout member, um, as our way of saying thanks for making our music possible, we're, we're giving everybody the new music as we create it. Um, and then you also have access to our audio vault, which has a bunch of all of our old stuff, and as well as unreleased stuff songs that didn't make the record and guitar vocals and um we give you you know you reserve front row seats at our shows and um some video uh there's a there's a bunch of stuff on there that's for members only Mm -hmm. and uh, it's our way of saying thanks to our fans that are making our music possible it's a pretty cool deal because really you know when we connect that way just through our website we don't have all the algorithms and the middlemen and all that junk that's normally in between you and the artists that you love. So for me, it's been fun just creatively to like write a song and then just post it on the hideout the next day where people can download it uh, hmm. and, and listen to it, you know, the guitar vocal version. And then same thing when we go into the studio, we finish up a song and we just post it on the hideout immediately where people can download it right away and, and we don't, you know, we don't, uh, <clears throat> we don't worry about 
timing or pub- publicity or anything else. It's just a direct pipeline between us and our fans. So if, if people are interested in that kind of thing, um, that's pretty want, cool. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, thewilderblue.com. It's called the Hideout. Right on, brother. I uh, appreciate the time as always, and I don't know if twenty twenty one is going to be any better, but. I hope slow expectations. I hope some low <laughs> expectations. That's all you need, man. All right, man. Always great to visit with you. Yep. Let's go uh let's go find some ducks, Zane. That sounds good, man. All right, there he goes. Our good friend Zane Williams. Formerly of the Zane Williams band, now the Wilder Blue. Uh, be sure to check them out. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, got to go, got to get out of here. That segment, by the way, was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit and Lone Star Beer. Uh, Thanks to Zane, as well as Jeff Berry of Kent Cartridge for jumping on today. We'll do it again, same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then... I'm Cable Smith wishing you and yours a happy new year and a great week in the outdoors. Let me with high hopes and low expectations A little of both to keep my sanity They've seen me through some messed up situations Yeah.